All right, everybody, start their individual Audacity recording oh. if you can. Oh, do yeah. that. oh, we're doing that. I didn't. Yeah, yeah back up in case Craig breaks. Okay. Wow, you you sound so smooth, Chris. I forgot how unbelievably sexy your voice is. This is going to be like. <laughs> hmm. Welcome to the Insert Credit Xbox Podcast. Yeah, the <laughs> listeners are going to be like. On one hand, I have smooth chocolate. On the other hand, I have the sound of nails on your chalkboard. Which do I enjoy the most? <laughs> smooth chalkboard. Insert Credit Xbox 360-tacular. On this episode, Insert Credit ranks the 20 greatest Xbox 360 games of all time. To form this list, we collated individual nominations from all four of our panelists today, alongside a fifth list of games submitted by Big Boy Baby Boy Tim Jerry Rogers. The top 20 multiple nominated games will be presented in alphabetical order, each of which we'll discuss and rank as the episode progresses. At the end, each of the panelists will get the opportunity to sub in one game that didn't make the initial list because we forgot to nominate it. If we spend more than four minutes on one game, we will be prompted to move on by the sound of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and joining me this week is Insert Creditors Brandon Sheffield. Hello. Frank Cifaldi. Hello. Matthew Kumar. Hello. And Gamasutra's Chris Graft. Hey, babies. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Sound Booth Graft. (laughs) Before we get into it, does anyone have any fond non-game-specific Xbox 360 memories to share of this time period. So I bought my Xbox 360 uh, shortly after I moved to Canada, and I didn't have a lot of money, so I traveled all the way up to, like, really far north in Toronto. I bought a second-hand Xbox 360 from a man at a gas station. So, I mean, that's how I entered this generation of gaming. Absolutely great. I, I think I have a fondness for the 360 because... Uh, I started working um, actually at Gamasutra pretty much right after it came out. And I feel like, and, and I was working with Brandon at the time, he can attest to this. I think we kind of caught the tail end of there being like five different video game outlets in that area and there being oh, yeah. PR events like at least once a week showing new games. And I think we kind of used to complain about them in a way, right. but looking back, they were fun. It was fun to like, have to go to an event and just have like an open bar and appetizers and you know crappy russian games and stuff (laughs) yeah that was a legitimately fun time i feel lucky that we got to be a part of that because yeah me and frank would go to like the launch of some headset peripheral or something like that and they would have various games there in various stages of completion and it's funny because i remember we would think of like there would be the same losers there every time (laughs) but we were also there every time (laughs) right (laughs) every time i'm not uh, using this word to describe him but our friend chris kohler was always there and yes uh we established uh time to kohler as the the (laughs) value of the event was like how long did it take to see chris kohler there yeah but we never did determine whether it was good or bad to have a short amount of time to kohler (laughs) it was just something we charted <laughs> I, I had a similar thing uh, as far as my career goes and the release of the Xbox 360. Like I started working full time for uh, nextgen.biz. Girl. And, <laughs> and <laughs> like uh, that was one of the 
first cool thing. So it was like my first full-time video game journalist job at the time I was living in Northern Indiana. I got shipped this pretty much brand new console um, from actually Christian Svensson, who was, who went on to work at Capcom and now he's doing other stuff, maybe at PlayStation. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of, that was kind of the, the entry of the generation, kind of like a life pivot. And I also, I don't know why I remember this about Xbox 360 so much. I watched like designing it and I think it was hosted by like Elijah Wood or something, but like the shape of it, how it's like curved, the original one, it's supposed to be like, it's <gasps> inhaling. Well, Elijah Wood would be the perfect host for that because he's very familiar with Rings of Death. Oh, my That's goodness. Great. I did an interview with the Astro gaming people who actually designed the exterior of the Xbox 360 hardware. And mm. one of the things uh, I didn't know about the inhaling part, but one of the things they were designing it for was so that it would look vaguely like an X from every angle. Mm. What? And I don't know does. if it achieved that. <laughs> it looks kind of more like a jelly bean than an X. But, well, no, it's it's bent in in the middle. So, like, it's vaguely X-shaped. X-y. I mean, it's not the FedEx logo. Do you know what I mean? Where it's everyone always goes on about how there's that arrow in it. Right. It, it's it's very, very, very much mild. more subtle. <laughs> yeah. All right. Much more subtle than like the original Xbox prototype that Bill Gates unveiled. That was just a giant X. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for probably everyone on this show as well, uh, which is probably related to for a lot of us, it was like really when we were getting into the industry properly full time. But I think for a lot of us, it was when we played a lot of games like the Xbox 360 era for me, at least, was really like new games got sent to me all the time because I worked at a publication. And so I was just trying everything and Xbox Live Indie games were there and I would just download whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we ha- we all have peaks and valleys with, with how much we play games. And the 360 era was definitely a peak. For me. Yeah, me too. And and. You know, PlayStation 3 was out, but Xbox 360 was getting the better versions of games. And yes. it would always be, you know, by the Xbox 360 version over any other. And you could play online with your dang friends. Well, it's time to apply all that experience to ranking the best games from that period of time. Uh, we're going to go in alphabetical order. The first game we will be discussing is Bangayo Missile Fury. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Bongayo is, uh, I guess that's the HD version of the long-running franchise that basically nobody has played that started on the N64. Wait, Dreamcast. Ooh, my brain. No, on the I, Dream... no it's on both of them. Yeah. It was on the N64 first, I believe. I have In the Japan, Dreamcast yeah. version, but not the N64 version. Saved. Right, okay. Uh, and then the DS, and then the 360, and this was the, yeah. the HD one. And that game is full of, like, 2d unapologetic apologist talk (laughs) where it's just talking about how great 2d is and how the third dimension is stupid and stuff like that it's a it is a pretty good one yeah the unfortunate thing with this one is is that although i'm a huge huge fan of bangayo and the dreamcast i honestly remember it being one of the funniest games i've ever played just every single cutscene in that game made me like laugh and the actual like you know filling the screen of the missiles gameplay is amazing for some reason, I haven't played this one, so it's over to you guys to work out what level you want to rank it. Is it the original game? No. It's not, no. It's completely okay. different. Then yeah. I'm not familiar. And it doesn't also have the amazing thing that the DS version has, which is um, that you could play an audio file to share maps with other people. Rules. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it so far, it seems like it's number one. So far, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. It depends which <laughs> angle of things we're looking at, because we know there's 20. To me, this is currently number 20. Right. I have no opinion on on it. Oh, that's fine. It's yeah. our first game. 
Okay. Uh, and at the end, we're going to have the opportunity to sub in some games that we forgot to rank. Jaffe, are you going to let us know who recommended these or how many people on the panel recommended them? Uh, most of these were recommended by two people. I'll tell you when it was more than that. Okay, cool. Good to know. Our next game is Bloody Checkers. Yay! Nice. <laughs> nice. The game I'm rules. so happy about this. The Bloody Checkers is a bizarre dungeon crawler checkers hybrid where you are going through this fully like Unreal Engine super high end for an Xbox Live indie game at the time uh, world with skeletons and things to defeat and whatever. But the main thing you're doing is playing. Well, aside from investigating and finding things in chests is when it's first person is playing checkers against old portraits and stuff. And that's how you really progress in the game and get keys and stuff. And uh, it also had online verses. And I have to tell this story. It's, it's super bizarre. There were rarely people online playing this game, of course, because it's an Xbox Live indie game and it's checkers and it was super obscure. But I wound up playing against this uh, person who had like a hot lady as their avatar who was completely trouncing me at at checkers because I, I can't play checkers very well apparently and then uh, at the last minute when they were about to win flipped the uh the checkers board over and said good game and then i won because they they gave up and then after that they sent me a message on xbox live arcade saying you should rate this game highly uh come be my friend winky smiley face and it turned out that this was the developer's wife who was going around being a little bit flirty with anybody that she could on the game in order to get Whoa, like amazing. ratings higher and stuff. It was so bizarre. I sent the guy a message and I was like, don't have your wife do this. This isn't a good idea. So were you disappointed? Was... A little bit. But it was in the game design pitch that after we launch, my wife is going to flirt with all the players. It was astounding. Anyway, the Matthew, what, plan. Yeah. what do you yeah. have to say about this one? I'm glad someone else nominated it besides me was going to say something which was um, something I've mentioned to this point is that the exclusivity level of the games we've been talking about. So Missile Fury is, is exclusive to Xbox 360. You're not going to get anything else. And the same currently is true of Bloody Checkers. There's actually a um, Steam page up for it, I believe, but it's not been actually released, even though they said it was released in like 2017. So the oh, only wow. way to play Bloody Checkers right now is if you have an Xbox 360 which bought it on Xbox Live Indie Games at some point in the past because you can no longer buy these. And for me, a lot of the games that I was most excited about to talk about on the show was actually Xbox Live Indies because it was a hugely creative time where people just thought, well, I'll pick something insane, yeah. sell it for a dollar and see what happens. And so a game like Bloody Checkers really is not going to exist. Like this is a game where it's almost like what if in Kingsfield instead of getting lost and dying all the time, you played Checkers. And in checkers, you could place traps that when a checker piece landed on it, it would like it stab oh, right. and, go, uh, 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 and blood would fly out of it. <laughs> yeah, there's the, so much blood in this game. I forgot to mention that. My, I played it again last week before this. And the funniest thing that happens at the beginning of the game is you open a chest, it has some stuff in it, but then you open a chest and then it just vomits um, skeleton pieces at you for yeah. like a minute. <laughs> and uh, all the lights in the castle go out, and it's like, what is this? It's it's such a bizarre, singular piece of work. If you could not pitch, you walk around a dungeon playing checkers that were, and there's it's very grotesque and bloody. And it, the thing is, as well, is it's fun. Like it does, it's not like a first person game where you'd be like, oh, it feels so great or anything like that. You can hold up a candle, that feels good because you use your trigger to hold up a candle. 
Checkers is, is as successful as any Checkers game I've ever played, as far as I know. I don't know what the state of the art in Checkers AI is. I assume the game has more or less been solved, but like it's good enough to make a be a fun game of Checkers if you're not a big Checkers player. It's just a really unique experience. You could only have an Xbox 360. I, I mean, I just I, I love Bloody Checkers. I just love it. Uh, so I'm guessing we're ranking that above Bang.io right now. Yeah, it's to. number one. That sounds like a, yeah, number one, yeah. I have to All take right. another 15 seconds to say that this game was, it's amazing that it exists in the way that it does because the developer who I talked to multiple times over email is absolutely humorless. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if they knew this stuff was funny or like maybe it was a total accident. I love it. Okay, let's go on. Uh, our next game is Bullet Witch. BW. <laughs> Man, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just mean... told you to make me play again if it was going to come up. I knew, because, I, you know, I'm just not much of a fan of Bullet Witch. I don't like how caviar games feel in general. So um, please, the rest of you, uh, express how wonderful this game is. Uh, Bullet Witch is great. It's Bayonetta, but good. Tim's not here, so I'm going to admit in, uh, in the face of everybody that, you know, Bullet Witch, it's not that good. But it is really good, is, is, is how I feel about it. Like, the frame rate, you know, you're lucky if it stays at a solid 15. It's very strange. You can, you can die. There, there's all kinds of physics in this game where, like, you can set off a tornado thing. Yeah. And it breaks apart parts of the world. And it looks really great. And there's this force attack you have right from the start where you can, you know, force things out of your way and uh, shoot them into enemies and stuff. And it, it's, it feels really good to do. But also, if you happen to be standing a little too close to something, uh, your force attack will grab something behind you. It'll clip you in the back of the leg and you will just instantly die. Um, <laughs> yeah, you gotta there's, be careful. There's all kinds of problems with this video game, but it just has such a, such a vibe that doesn't exist in any other video game as far as I'm concerned. It is this unique take on American suburbia from the very start. It's very clearly a Japanese perspective of American suburbia in like a sun sundown kind of situation the the sun is waning and you're there are these weird shadows all over the place because they couldn't figure out how to do shadows right and uh you're just destroying all these monster beasts it just keeps getting stranger from there and it's uh i don't know it's a really ultimately it's the vibe of that game the jumping around the weird physics the way you flip between guns all that stuff just feels really good it's not a great game there's no way you should rate it above a six, but if you're the kind of person that likes a game that's a six or a seven, it is absolutely for you. I like how it takes place in the post-apocalyptic year of 2013. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can see the argument for it. I don't think it reaches the level of a six. I think that the things that have been discussed, oh, wow. including oh, the bad level design and, and weird, just the, it, it just... It just doesn't work for me. I understand why it works for people. I'm interested to go back to it. Worth noting that it is in fact available on Steam. You could get it on PC, so you can get that frame rate above, oh, yeah. uh, Probably above a lot 15 more frames there. a second. Where I assume, and I'm interested to try that version, uh, mm-hmm. uh, whether that affects its ranking in an Xbox 360 only list, I, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, it just, I remember at the time it wasn't for me. I'd be interested to find out if it was more for me now, as my tastes have matured. I think it will be less for you now because you'll have less patience for all the, the relatively negative design decisions such as wander around until you can find a br- giant brain and shoot it. And if you yeah. can't find it, then good luck. Tough. All right. Where are we ranking it? I think it's above Bangio because it's more 360 than true. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'll give it that. Even though you can get it uh, now, but not Missile Fury, rather. The real version of Bangio plays the one on the Dreamcast anyway, so it's it's moot. 
Yeah, so I, I'm okay with it being number two for now. Okay. Our next game is one we're all familiar with, Castle Crashers. Castle Crashers. So, I mean, this is, you know, a, a final fight style brawler, right? Yeah. I mean, what's the term? Belt scroller? I don't know what that means, uh, but it's one of them. And I have no idea if it holds up now, but at the time, uh, you didn't see a lot of those. You didn't see a lot of 2D, you know, hand-drawn games at the time. Um, and this was also the breakout hit for Xbox Live Arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I it kind four of player. it was four players. I kind of consider this, you know, it's not the first indie console game or whatever, but this is the one that set the stage for where we are still. Um, I feel so. I think it's a really historically important game, but uh, I have no idea if it's fun anymore. Yeah, it's a tough one because it's obviously like it was big in those days and it was very fun, but it feels now like so ubiquitous. It's like Star Wars or something, you know, right? Like it's it's hard to be like say that it's an amazing experience to have because it's been so absorbed by the culture in a way. Right. But at the time, it kind of I mean, I don't know if it was amazing, but it was just like, yeah, no one else is doing this right now. I think it was you pretty know? amazing at the time. I think it's it's yeah. fair to say that it was a groundbreaking game and just uh, the, the whole aesthetic of it, uh, it kind of set the tone at the time. And it's still influential now, just like what an indie game looks like on a mainstream console. Yeah, the visual like, style great. certainly had... Um... It had yeah. legs. The fact that those Newgrounds boys were able to break through uh, yeah, kind of changed too. the framework of what video games could be and who made them. Mm-hmm. The funding for that game came from the head of the behemoth taking out a mortgage on his a second mortgage on his house. Yeah. Oh, um, can I tell can I tell a juicy funding story about this game? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was working at GameTap at the time that this game was in development, and uh, I knew I knew the behemoth boys and they were looking to fund this thing and they had it out at like comic con and places like that in like super rough prototype form. But, you know, it was clear to me that this thing had promise. And so, you know, they were asking me, you know, is GameTap maybe interested in this? And GameTap at the time was signing original games. Um, you know, all of them for the most part didn't do anything for GameTap other than maybe Sam and Max, but we, you know, we were in the business of doing that. So, I managed to get them into our party at Comic-Con. There's like a game tap party on a boat. Bad idea. I never do that. Um, and got them in front of uh, Rick Sanchez, who was sort of running game tap at the time creatively. And, and then Morty he there? went on to uh, be in Rick and Morty. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah, exactly. No. And, you know, introduced them. And, and uh, Rick Sanchez was very dismissive of them. And, kind of drunk and that was the end of that conversation and then it ended up selling millions of copies on uh, xbox 360 so so number one awesome yeah right thank god they didn't do it but also that (laughs) was a really stupid thing to do for this game i have not heard game tap in forever too so thank you for that yeah you're welcome i were we putting it on the list the bomb i hate it (laughs) wow (laughs) Uh, i i played it last year um the remastered version also it's available in everything so i don't i feel like should go it should go lowest on the basis of that alone um, I know it's very historically important, but the levels are a billion hours long. Uh, all the combos are spongy as hell. Like it just, it's grossly distended experience that is so obsoleted by any other beat em up that like <laughs> I cannot justify that being any higher than the bottom, even though it's historically important. Well, first of all, I love this Xbox 360 absolutist take you're taking to the list. Uh, <laughs> second of all, 
Does anyone have any arguments with that? Uh, I don't. I don't agree with like because it's available elsewhere. It's not. It, it's Xbox 360ness is depleted. Right. I don't mm-hmm. agree with that at all. Sure. That that is a purely Xbox 360 game. No matter what, it's on now. That game uh, defined XBLA yep. to me. I mean, I I'll accept that. I just, I just really don't think it's very good at all, and I wouldn't want to recommend anyone play it. So personally, I would put it at the bottom, but wouldn't expect it to stay there at the bottom. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to accept now. that too. All right, fair enough. At the bottom, right. it goes. Sure, fine. All right. I still think it's a decent game, though. We can reorganize later. I also think it's a decent game, but I like, I actually like Bongayo more as a game. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you you did say you didn't know if it held up. I I am here to definitively say that I did not find it to hold up, having played it in the last year. Our next game is one of the three games that appeared on three lists: nice. Dead Rising. Dead Rising. Nice. Yeah. Uh, this game stars me. Yes. <laughs> That's what I know about it. He's covered wars. Yeah. Um, someone I, else take over. <laughs> I, I, I played it I played at E3 it, or something, and that was it. I played it. I played it just recently, actually. Like it was on sale, and I was like, uh, "Heck, why not?" And it, I think it totally holds up. I, I don't know if anyone remembers the intro, but you're like flying in on a helicopter as uh, I don't know, like you must have a helicopter. Frank has a helicopter buddy or something, mm-hmm. and he's dropping him into this uh, hot zone uh, where there's like no communication allowed to go in or out. So he wants to investigate. And he goes in with his camera. So you're shooting pictures from your camera while you're in the helicopter. And then you just see all of this, like these awesome, like grotesque uh, zombie attacks happening. And you take a picture. And depending on how, quote unquote, good your picture is, like uh, the more points that you get. Or I, I can't remember exactly if there's like points or it's just like says awesome shot. Uh, so depending on like if you take a picture of somebody right when they're getting attacked, um, that's a better shot. Or if you're, you take a picture right when somebody gets knocked off the roof of a building, that's a better shot. And then eventually you get to the mall and the, the crafting system is like really good. The melee feels awesome. Uh, I like the colors in the game also, and it's got good humor. I think it's a, it's a great game and it should be on a bunch of our lists. Uh, there's been a lot of debate about this game in the, uh, Necrosoft work chat. Um, <laughs> Necrosoft, Michael Kerwin really likes this game. And, uh, I was complaining about the timer. I don't like, I, I wanted to be able to like hang out in that space. Cause it really feels I like, I think a that's totally game. fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, first of all, there is a timerless mode and, uh, which I didn't <laughs> realize. And second of all, he feels like without the timer, it, do- it isn't the same game and that the timer for like going out and doing runs and like optimizing where you're going and figuring things out is really important to the game. And I, I buy that too. It's still, still though, I just, I want to run around and hang out and do weird stuff. I love malls just in general too. So just put me there. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I agree, I agree with Brandon that the timer has its, has its problems. Like I think I always wished this game was, you know, sort of like a roguelike almost that you just ended up in a, a mall and had to deal with the psychopaths and everything else. And the, t- the timeless mode doesn't really work as well as, as offering that experience. But for me, what I always really liked about this game was that sensation of the edit comes from 2006. And for people who have been paying attention to what an absolutist I am, this game was exclusive to Xbox 360 for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. The simple fact that like, you know, the zombie thing wasn't a huge deal in 2006. It was becoming a big deal, but it was, we weren't sick of zombies at that point. And also the aspect of it being that, like, it was a different way of doing an open world, right? Like, open, it wasn't like Grand Theft Auto. You were trapped in yeah, a, small a small location. Open world. And mm-hmm. you could have a lot of fun with that. You could, like, 
rather than like killing a prostitute with a machine gun, you could grab a bunch of like um, servbot heads and slap them on zombies, right? You could choose yeah. to do something fun with your time in the mall rather than play the game. And if you and if that run up a lot of time, you just start the game again, right? Because of the yeah. uh, new game plus aspect. I thought that aspect of it was amazing, and I still don't think enough games have taken what it did and ran with it. I think that like the progression of the franchise hasn't been as strong as that first that first game yeah i do feel like dead rising the original if they had the share button at that time would have been an even bigger game because there would have been just a bunch of zombies bumping into each other with surf bot heads on and stuff uh there was Mm -hmm. a lot of goofy stuff you could do i think i would point to 2010 as the point of uh cultural zombie oversaturation and this came in under the wire there i i'm totally cool with zombies you can i still like them yeah where do we put them on the list I'm happy with um, top. I'm cool with top. I, I like think top. it should probably be the top for now. Yeah, why not? For now. For now, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. It's making yeah. me want to play Dead Rising right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. I, I wish it were $10 on Steam, but it is 20 Well, you know, just wait for the sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Our next game sale. is Deadly Premonition. A classic. Yeah, it's a, a classic. classic. <laughs> I was going to say, refer to um, the, the past 100 episodes of Vincent. Yeah, Credit. exactly. <laughs> yeah, this what more is can you say about the game yeah. at this point? <laughs> Okay, I, I don't think the point-and-click adventure game is like all that hot as a genre, but I think it was like paving the path toward what an, a narrative game should be. And I think uh, Deadly Premonition is one of the most interesting uh, branches of of that style of game to me. Yeah, it's definitely got its problems, but it's um, it really has a perspective of a sort. And that was i don't know this was it also came out during the time when we were talking about auteurs and things like that a lot more and whether they had value and things like that and then um you know this is a game that has sweary's fingerprints all over it for sure mm-hmm. like that game wasn't going to be made without that guy of course it was made by a large team who all had input and all did their things but this this is very much sweary directed it's 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 a director auteur game it it strikes me as like a game that we might start seeing in like 10 years when people are trying to make PS2 games. Oh, right. yeah. 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 It's like a, a modern game. Yeah, PS2 exactly. Game. It's a, a more modern PS2 game is what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, though we've said so many things about this, I may not have mentioned that when I left Game Developer Magazine, the the team got together and made me like a big poster on Foamcore of one of the issues that I worked on as like a memento. And I actually put it up on the wall in my house because it's our big Deadly Premonition postmortem cover that oh, they nice. blew up for me. And uh, it's the only video game thing I have up on the walls. And uh, Sweary came to my house one day and took a picture with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that has to be number one. Yeah. I mean, I you already so. were looking at your list. You already put it at number one before <laughs> we... So. Yeah, I can't any- add anything. Uh, Better than what's already been said. Uh, and the only thing I would add is I would say that to sort of piggyback on what Brandon was saying with auteurism, like I think that this game came at a time when, and I still feel this way a lot, which is like when you look at these the sort of more major releases in games, there's that feeling of why don't game developers have any interests outside of other games, right? There's this sensation mm-hmm. of like people aren't learning from other media and everything else. The alignment of something like Deadly Premonition where like the characters are talking about, you know, crappy movies like Deadly Spawn and stuff like that. That's such a perfect intersection of like 
having another interest outside of games that aligns perfectly with my also other interests, obviously it's going to be a huge hit with me. You know, like I just, I can't help but not love those segments above any other part of the game of just driving with Zach and just like having a conversation about crappy old movies. That's like all I ever do, 10 out of 10. The thing about driving around, this is really the first game, maybe the only game I can think of where like you can accidentally cut those sequences short by arriving at your destination too fast. And I would drive around for longer to make sure that my, the conversation was finished first. I could hear, hear York talk about movies before I arrived at my destination. And I felt such disappointment when I actually accidentally cut off a conversation. Ah, but maybe you don't know that if you cut off a conversation, he goes, Hmm, hang on, Zach, we'll continue this later. And then when you get back in the car, he'll go, so where were we? And then he'll start that again. Like, like it, it, Sometimes it's not guaranteed. You can, yeah, you can I think, skip I think, I think if you uh, pro- progress past that, like checkpoint or whatever in the if narrative, you, if you progress yeah. the story, that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. The thing I want to say, I, I got to throw this in is that um, the, the converse, the conversation typically around this game is that it's like so bad. It's good, right? Like it's, it's, it's like a janky bad game and that's why we like it. Um, that is not, I think the perspective of anyone here. It's no. like, it's just a good game that wasn't high budget. Yeah. Plus, right. but they're not insurmountable. Right, exactly. And the action sequences are actually fun when you get the weed whacker and do it like a speed run. <laughs> uh, so yeah, all right, number one. Our next game is the only other game that was nominated by three people, Gears of War 2. Yes. Gears of War 2? Yes. Two. Yeah. So, uh, Gears of War 1 yeah. and Gears of War 2 both received three nominations, but I made a judgment call and went with two. That's interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not the one I would have picked. Uh, does anyone else want to talk about why they might like two more than one? Wait, did you not pick it? Because uh, oh, I guess there there is a, another person whose list is here. Never mind. I, I did I did put it on there. I mean, if we're talking about Gears of War two, we can talk about Gears of War one. Like, I, uh, if maybe you'd rather put Gears of War one here, we can make that call and swap it right I now. Would. I like two because it's smoother and more refined, yeah. and I feel like all the set pieces and stuff are a little better in two. They just figured out how to do it better in that. Yeah, that was my feeling. Look at all that juice is not in two. It's (laughs) it's funny because like my feeling was that that juice kind of similar almost to the arguments for like Castle Crashers was that Gears of War 2 was, Gears of War 1 was so specifically important and it did so many things kind of for the first time, like the, you know, reloading and uh, going to into cover and things like that. And took what Resident Evil 4 did and, and made it an American type of um, product that I really ranked that one so much more higher as like a revelation to me than 2 did, which was just more but better. You yeah. Know yeah, I understand where you're coming from on that. Like it, there is a, a question to be had about whether the point of innovation is more important or the uh, crystallization of the idea. So what way do we want to go? <laughs> <laughs> I think for, for me... Um, I kind of lean more towards like which one, you know, is more refined, uh, although I completely understand where Matthew's coming from with the the first. OK, the first one was completely like groundbreaking for me. And I'm going to talk myself out of saying two and go for one, because like when it, that's that's an Xbox 360 game to me, like uh, th- that's one that I would play a lot. And it just like felt like nothing else before, like. I remember that was uh, like Cliff Blazinski was inspired by Winback and uh, the with the uh, the, the Resident Evil Four. 
Yeah, with yeah. the yeah third person shooting and the pop and shoot mechanic. Um, and it was really well done. And then the whole uh, Lancer chainsaw thing, I think it was uh, it was a little tiny bit gimmicky, but it just like felt so fun to use. I think that I would advocate for Gears of War 2 just because story wise, uh, it was more interesting. I, it's not necessarily, you know, fine cinema or anything. I actually just watched uh, the part where Dom's wife uh, is basically refrigerated. I think that's <laughs> so exploitative, though. That's another reason. It, I it is. It is that. very exploitative. Like, um, and that's the point I make. Like, she literally. I, I watched it again, and it was so bad. Like, she literally walks out of what looks like a refrigerator. Um, so, isn't that a comic book trope? It, it is. is. Yeah, like it is. Refrigerated yeah. women. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you off uh, the woman to motivate the protagonist, uh, which is. a a, a bad trope which deserves to be called yeah. out it, but plus Dom uh, shoots his own wife in the head yeah that's yeah he that's the thing that, that i forgot it's, i it's forgot that he like really just, distasteful <laughs> yeah we got 30 seconds left where do we rank it okay gears of war uh one i guess probably we'll go with me. one yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, gears one. i put it under dead rising uh, i've put it i mean mm. I, i'd rather play bullet witch but i guess it's a better game it is a better game i'm way more interested in bullet witch and bloody checkers than gears of war 2 so uh, under bloody checkers then yeah under bloody sure. checkers i think okay. yeah, that's compromise are, are we are we saying gears two or gears one gears, okay. gears one. one yeah gears one all right all right our next game is uh geometry wars retro evolve yeah uh, one of the two games nominated by frank and i do have to point out here that on tim's list he specifically called out that he hates this game <laughs> oh I don't, I don't like it either uh okay wait I, I need to talk about my my quote unquote nomination here. The rules as I understood them were Xbox 360 exclusive games. And uh, my list was here are the literal two that I've played. I have no real feelings about Geometry Wars, so I will not be defending my uh, nomination here. And just to say, oh, Frank, I did clarify this multiple times as being the uh, whatever feels like a 360 game. Just That's fine. Just. Just to say. Oh, okay. So the good news is I'm going to drop Geometry Wars out right now and put in a different game that I wasn't able to fit in. Wait, I nominated it. Well, we, I, we, but that I means love it. it. These two. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. Them... All right. Well, argue why it should stay. Let them uh, nominate it before I put it at the bottom. Did you want to speak, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me let me think here. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, you got nothing. You I just, got I just nothing. I, okay, so this is pretty much put like what a twin stick, you know, shooter is. On the map, as far as I'm, I'm concerned. Smash TV. I, <laughs> Robotron. Yeah, Robot, yeah, yeah. Robotron. I said, that's why I say, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay, well, okay, well. Your I, concerns are invalid. Argue, <laughs> I'm going to try and argue in favor of Retro Evolve then, right? So yeah. um, up to the point of the first one, which was just Geometry Wars, I believe, Retro Evolved is the one where it has like six different versions, right? It's not just the basic one, right? It's it's the second yeah. one, not the, yeah, okay. Really, I thought I thought Retro Evolved was what the 360 launched yeah. with. Am I, it is right, and yeah, then, Retro Evolved is 360, and I think that maybe two oh, came I'm thinking, out. Am I thinking of Retro Retro Evolved two? Maybe that's the one I wanted to wanted to put in. Well, it's called Retro Evolved because there's like an original mode and then the uh, HD mode. You know, yeah, the original one was like a it was in another well, game. Right. I'll still argue in favor of the very first, the first one that was released as an XBLA game because it's great as well. Um, even though the trophies are more annoying, Retro Evolved is like an amazing combination of the twin stick shooter. I know we're saying uh, Smash TV and we're saying um, uh, Robotron, and I love Robotron to bits. It's in my all-time top ten, absolutely. 
Um, but what makes Red Revolved stand out is that the game is not just a matter of survival. The game is a very, very intense um, score challenge because it has these warps, right? Which drags the enemies into, and you can basically farm these warps by maneuvering carefully around the warps to drag enemies into them and then exploding them at the right time. But if you let them get too filled up, they make the screen basically impossible to navigate and then you will die, right? So it's this extremely intense, but also quite understandable score challenge game that if you like classic arcade um, shooters, um, also it's very clear, the visuals are very good. Even though there's a lot of neon happening, you're always aware where your ship is and what's happening. Um, a lot of particle effects. Yeah, a lot of particle effects, but you can still understand what's going on. It's a really, really carefully designed game, and I'm quite surprised that Tim hates it, because if he's going to you know, bum himself up all the time about how carefully designed um, <laughs> video ball is or whatever, like, this is a very similar type of a rock-solid playtest-to-hell experience that I think is a, a, an incredible evolution, ultimately, of that twin-stick shooter. Up to that point, if if you ignore Smash TV, it had been a long time, and you only got things like, I think, like, um, what was it called? Mutant Storm before that, which is no comparison. It's a whole nother level. A whole nother level. I, I will concede that it did do stuff for the twin-stick genre, and it is well put together, but it also is responsible for the huge glut of mediocre twin stick shooters that came in me that's not bizarre's fault <laughs> no it's not their fault it's not their fault but but uh the game the, i think it, that it was inspirational is all that enough. says i i think that it was yeah, influential it, is all that but I mean. it didn't inspire anyone to do anything good that's it not only true inspired i agree I, I mean i i think that it you know it didn't define the twin stick shooter but i think it defined the analog twin stick shooter yeah, um, sure, yeah. yeah. Okay, no, i mean i do i do think it's I do think it's well designed and stuff, all that kind of business. Don't and really you like you laugh at that, but it's true. I mean, because like Ro- Robotron is like eight way, you know, and then yeah. this is it's a much different experience, much more precision. Um, so you you said above Castle Crashers. I mean, I'd put it I'd put it above uh, Bullet Witch, but I know I'm not going to get that through the no, door. No, so you are not. But you should be Bullet Witch. Below Bullet Witch, but above Bangayo? Yeah, not above Bangayo for me. Please above Bangayo. Come on. I really, really love this. I, I like it. I like it above Bangayo. Um, Fair enough. That's it. where it goes then. Same. Son of a heck. <laughs> I think Bangayo is a little too difficult to understand. Like you really oh, well, have to invest true. in it. That's true. Our next game is Halo Reach. Halo I'm Reach, a game that. that I just played for the first time three days ago because I knew it would be on this list. Um, I, I personally nominated whichever Halo 3 everyone else says. <laughs> whichever Halo 3. Yeah, because there are three Halo 3s. Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, and Halo 3 Reach. Halo 3 Reach. It's, it's, hard for me to, it's hard for me to put my finger on, like, why... Like, like uh, it doesn't do anything um, significantly different than other Bungie Halo games have done. I think that the uh, the story is memorable, and the fact that, they, that uh, it was Bungie's last game, and they decided to go with a prequel story about the fall of the fall of reach uh was interesting the ending i uh that was one of those endings that was kind of surprising to me it was just an unwinnable ending which i know that you know can be kind of overdone but it was surprising you you end up getting uh like your helmet knocked off of you or something and then you just see the view from the helmet and you're just getting like uh run through by these uh plasma swords or whatever at the time spoilers I, <laughs> at the time i i was surprised by that so i don't know it had an effect on me but i don't think that it was significantly like it didn't like evolve uh halo as a franchise necessarily other than there was uh it was a prequel to the old master chief 
Well, I feel like we have to have a Halo on here because that is, you know, that is part of the 360 experience. Yeah. And sure. I think in this case, it's worth arguing for the the crystallized version of the experience, like the the purest or the, mm-hmm. the, the greatest one of them, because Halo 3's innovations did not happen on the 360. They happened before that. So yep. but it's still genre defining. And um, I would also say that for Reach in particular, something I liked about it is in the early environments, you're going through these people's homes and things, and it feels so much like a yeah. real-time live-action version of one of those 90s CG games like Myst or Riven or something like that. And that actually had a real appeal to me. Like It really felt like I was moving through spaces that um, should be static in a way uh, because of my prior PC gaming history memory. So I liked that. And no, I, that, that's that's like jogging my memory, too. Um, it, it feels like you're moving through lived lived in spaces. You're not just using them as uh, levels to to shoot aliens. Oh, well, when you're talking about Halo, we also have to talk about the multiplayer component. And uh, when it comes to Reach, it just did a bunch of really neat stuff that you didn't see in the Halo franchise until that point. That so was much really where of the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where the innovation really grew. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Um, and I definitely watched my friends play Reach online and it seemed it was I don't know. It's it's nice. It's got all the things that you want. And it's also, I guess, one of the first games I can think of. Uh, no, there, there are games before this, like Fantasy Star or whatever. But um, it's one of those games where, you know, it has a countdown to starting and it's like waiting for more people to join your group, even if you're playing single player by yourself. And mm-hmm. so it just showed you know, this is an online game. You could be doing this with several other people, even in campaign mode. Like this is, we designed this so that you can hang out with other people. And just having that kind of front and center, I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are we ranking? So I am, yeah. I am above or below Dead Rising is where I'm at. Wow, really? Um, mm-hmm. It's funny because my thinking was it was going to be somewhere near Gears of War because they feel like the two franchises that face off against each other. And I don't care for Halo at all. I have no interest in it. I just never liked the franchise. So I'd have put it beneath Gears of War. But like, again, if other people feel much more strongly that they really love this particular Halo, then I'm willing to acquiesce to whatever gets decided. I just want to say in general for why Halo is good. It's a sci-fi shooter that is not all Kill Bro style. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can unlock that when you defeat enemies, they um, throw confetti instead and say, yay. <laughs> I mean, it, it really comes from a different, more lighthearted perspective, which yeah, arguably could be worse because it's like glorifying gun violence more that way i don't know but um it's got that that vibe is really kind of yeah i think for me me. i've just never really gelled with the game feel from the very first one and the waddle doesn't interest me like kurtz i don't fancy cortana or whatever her name is like i just you gotta flop around in a warthog some more i think (laughs) yeah it just is never really it does have a unique feel uh it does have a unique feel the shooting Mm -hmm. where are we ranking it i would put it above gears of war yeah that sounds fair sure sounds good okay mm-hmm. gotta keep bloody checkers in the top three yeah we gotta <laughs> for keep now it. at least we gotta keep it up there for now our next game is iron brigade oh interesting that was a double fine strategy game right mm-hmm. okay yeah i put that on there next. um yeah it's basically a uh tower defense type thing where you you walk around as as a mech 
and you set up, uh, you, you know the path that the enemy is going to be going along. I mean, it's it's tower defense with with a mech. Yeah. Oh right. So, so you build up you build up your mech and you get all these guns stacked on top of it, right? Yeah, and you can also yeah. place uh, targets and things like that to protect what's happening. Uh, it's you face off against the waves, and uh, yeah, that's what it's like. I never yeah. played this. And I didn't, I didn't refresh my memory. I should have on the game, but I just remember having, you know, uh, I I played right through it. Um, and it was, you know, tower defense games at the time were getting more and more popular, and things like Orcs Must Die uh, are coming out. Yeah. And this one not only, you know, had, you know, mechs, which I love anyway, um, but also this whole double fine aesthetic, double fine yeah. sense of humor. And it was just it, it's just a really good uh, tower defense game doing something uh, fun with the genre. I hope we get Orcs Must Die on here. Is that that's my, that's my take? Well, it's uh, nice to hope things. Um, yeah. And um, for me, it was I was looking through the list of kind of exclusives or near exclusives. I think this is available for PCs on, on Steam. Um, and it kind of came down to between this and Toy Soldiers. And mm. when I thought my experience of playing either of them, like Toy Soldiers is more of a pure uh, tower defense. With a really nice uh, tin toy kind of um, aesthetic, but I remember finding Iron Brigade just more fun. There's funny item descriptions in it, you know, like the building your mech is something. I always love building my mech. Do you know what I mean? Like, who doesn't love yeah, doing yeah, that? Can, yeah, you can customize it, and it doesn't follow like the like a other type of um, of um, aesthetic, right? It's not like a like an anime style mech. It's like World War Two style. Yeah, it's um, not Mech Warrior. Not Mech Warrior. So it's, you know, it's unique. It's fun. It's funny. I remember enjoying it a lot. It's not very high on my list. I think it's really low down on my list, actually. But I remember thinking, this is good enough to be considered, uh, if you're picking up an Xbox 360, try this one out. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. I, I won't like, I, I'm not going to die on the hill of, of Iron Brigade, but it's just a super duper solid tower defense game. Oh, that is even, Xbox even to the level of duper. Well, that's convincing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty duper to me. How good is it compared to the rest of the games on the list we've uh, ranked so Under far? Under Geometry Wars, I think, for me. That mm. works for me. I, I know that y'all love the Bangayo. Okay. I'm yeah. comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah. It's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those games that I received a code for in 2011 and downloaded and have not played 10 years later. <laughs> well, honestly, like, if you've, got, you've got spare, you know, weekend it's it's worth a shot it's not that long no it's not i'll give it Uh, a go we've got 10 games ranked and 10 games to go we'll be right back after a quick break okay i'm back i never left do you just sit in this chat all week frank waiting Mm -hmm. for us to return crying softly (laughs) it's not a hard cry no a soft cry Welcome back to the Insert Credit Xbox 3-6-tacular. Thank uh, you. We've got 10 games ranked. we got 10 more to go. But before that, let's take a quick break. Uh, why don't we talk about our favorite bad games for the Xbox 360? Oh, heck yeah. Um, well, I'm ready <laughs> to go. Well, uh, no one said we're going to have to do that. No, I need to think about it. Yeah, well, well you can think about it while I talk about Yaris. Well, um, sure. So, Yaris Something is... I've said many times in my life. <laughs> That's right, as we do. Um, Yaris is a game that, it's an advert game that was created, subcontracted oh, from Backbone yeah. <laughs> Studios uh, to someone else to make a game where you play as a Yaris in a tube, um, shooting enemies with your big claw hand, and uh, 
it had like some defaulty fonts on it and stuff and it was kind of rough but it was a free game on your xbox 360 so everybody got it well not mm-hmm. everybody but a lot of people got it it was a free game with gamer score with gamer score yes got it. that was critical so i have a little story i talked to mike micah who was at backbone at the time that this was happening apparently yaris came to them wanting to do a game and they're like we have a million dollars and they wanted to do it on xbox but at the time microsoft didn't want adver games this was before big bumping and stuff mm-hmm. um which i also have stuff to say about um but eventually toyota and microsoft went away and talked for a long time and microsoft was like okay we will do this but you have to do it through us and now it's only two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> So they cut the budget to a quarter. And so Backbone had to subcontract it to someone else. And um, all the crazy stuff like the the claw and everything came from that weird high concept commercial they had at the time. So that yeah. Toyota actually really wanted the claw and the laser and all that stuff in there themselves. So then there was one person at Backbone who was producing it. And um, they turned it around really quick. And it turns out they just wound up having some pride in it and so backbone didn't want to have their names on it but the producer wound up feeling proud of it and so put the backbone name on it and so for years later companies when when backbone was pitching would be like but you guys did that yaris game and then they would have to explain (laughs) the whole story so i asked mike did you care when it was delisted and he said no we were probably more like oh good (laughs) yeah he said there were moments early on where there's a glimmer of hope but we're all dashed so that that's that's one. Um, if anyone's got another one, go ahead, or else I'll talk about Burger King. Uh, I can talk about one actually, and I think the argument would be that actually this game is not that bad, but it's not that great either. And it represents the era for me very strongly, which is uh, Fifty Cent Blood in the Sand. Did yeah, that one? yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. For me, like um, some people love that game. Yeah, they I mean do. they do, and and like well, first of all, the, the absurdity of the plot being that Fifty Cent has to go. I mean, it's very offensive. I would say. Go it to is. you know a random Middle Eastern country to get a you know bejeweled like skull and kill a bunch of you know brown people. Um, but um, my memory of that is I don't know if anyone still does this, but I used to have all of my um, music you know hooked up through a media center basically to my Xbox so I could just play anything while a game rather than the soundtrack. So yes, when I that game. I really don't like Fifty Cent's music. I mean, I love a lot of rap music, but um, I just was not that into it. And again, just as offensive as um, nowadays as 50 Cent's game is, Morrissey is, is considered very, is very offensive now. Yeah. But at the time, he was still considered maybe okay. So I, I played that entire game just listening to like all of the Smiths albums, which <laughs> um, is an extremely dissonant thing, but also yeah. absolutely hilarious to have Frankly, it like... Mr. Shankly. <laughs> The soundtrack is, is like because it's acting as the game soundtrack. It's not I'm listening to it on a record. It's coming out of the Xbox 360, you know, as I play Blood in the Sand. And I just, I just remember having such, such a joyful experience doing the, doing that. So yeah, it's not great, but um, I'd be hard to say it was bad. But I have to, have to, I would consider this big time to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I played Gears of War uh, to Beethoven, and I would highly recommend that. That sounds well, pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even. I I made a note of it too. We didn't even talk about Gary Jules during the oh uh, yeah the Gears of War talk. All around me are familiar places. Yeah, was that uh, the first time anyone did that? Because you know how that's endemic now. That's yeah, the one where Gears of War was. Two would have been uh, maybe even more influential than Gears of War One because every single movie that comes out now has a sad cover of an eighty song. Game. Yeah, yeah, that was game, that yeah. was in Gears of War One. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was Gears of War One. Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, juxtaposing uh, um, slowed down uh, Tears for Fears covers uh, against yeah shooting shooting stuff and chopping things up. Right. Yeah. So Gears of War really was a pioneer. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, we have 53 seconds left in this segment. You want to talk about Burger King? Yes. Uh, the Burger King games came out on the 360 and the Xbox simultaneously. And uh, yeah. Mike Micah speculates that they did this because there was a special dual manufacturing mode um, that OXM used when they put out cover discs, which mm-hmm. were on regular Xbox and 360. But uh, the Burger King games were made by the Oliver Twins company, who we talk about on this show sometimes, mm-hmm. the Dizzy people. And uh, they had been talking to Microsoft about Fusion Frenzy 2, but that was given to Hudson. And then Mike was telling me he suspected or he heard that the Oliver Twins had all these basically tech demos and they turned them into the big bumpin' and whatever other Burger King games. And so when you put these two stories together, it sounds to me like the Oliver Twins were working on Fusion Frenzy 2 with the intention that they were going to do it for Microsoft. Microsoft gave it to Hudson and then Burger King had this drive they wanted to do and the oliver twins were ready with like hey look we got these uh these mini games here you want to turn whole things into them kind of reminds me just thinking of iron brigade again like what double fine did to turn themselves around when uh brutal legend 2 wasn't a thing anymore right they oh, just yeah. kind of took all these prototypes they had and just started making these mini games so right yeah and it worked i need to share one joke that i found when i was looking up an interview with one of the olivers about the burger king thing I, I said in my interview, I find I found it a little odd that they went with a British company when Burger King is so American. I was thinking they maybe wanted somebody who actually had a king. Hey, <laughs> it's a terrible, <laughs> stupid joke. I mean, I like no, the entire life of even the Olivers, they had a queen, not a king. It's true, mm. but I meant a culture that had a king at one point. Probably no time to talk about Bomberman X-Zero, the gritty reimagining of, oh, heck. of Bomberman. Uh, I think we've had the discussion on this show that Bomberman X-Zero isn't actually that bad. OK, but it's not good. But that's right. what we hope. Tim has had the one-sided conversation. Yeah. 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 Um, our next game is Left for Dead. Oh. Yeah. So I, Dead. I didn't put I didn't put this on my list only because for me it was a PC game. But yeah, I mean it, it belongs on Xbox. Console 360 exclusive list, though. Honestly. Uh, absurdly, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are console exclusive still to the Xbox 360. <laughs> hey, don't don't jump down my throat. I said <laughs> Get on what in is there. This, the insert credit show. <laughs> don't d- jump down my throat. <laughs> How dare you? No, it, it totally belongs on the list. I had so much fun with it. I love it. I love the uh, the director AI. Um, oh, yeah. I played so, so much of it. I don't even know if it's been done as well, aside has, from Left or Dead 2. Like, 100% yeah. it has And not. that's even arguable. So, yeah, the game rules. So, obviously, as a game, perhaps obviously, Left 4 Dead is an amazing feat because it, like the intro to the game shows you everything that you need to know about it like getting health packs uh sharing with each other uh telling each other where the ammunition is and Mm -hmm. it's the only game i can think of where those kinds of things where where you're like health over here or like there's a boom or watch out that they were like projecting in the intro is stuff that you actually truly want to do in the game when you're playing with other people you do Mm -hmm. want to tell people when you found pain pills or whatever it's like it's important all your resources are yeah, there's so many cues too, like the um when you hear a, a witch or you know the audio oh, cues yeah. are just like oh man I you know what you know we're gonna be uh, hosed here or something. It's really a fantastically designed game. It's super tight, and you know there's that extra scenario you can buy on the 360 as well. Um, which by the way I bought last year. 
<laughs> um, you could still buy it apparently because I was playing through it again. Uh, I, I didn't own it because I always played it at my friend's house where we we had between two and four Xbox 360s hooked up between two and four screens all linked in together and we would play co-op in the same room all screaming at each other. Yeah. And uh, it was I, super I did a bunch of LAN parties also. And and like the collective uh, sigh of relief when you get to a safe room is so genuine. Um, mm. And it's oh, so, yeah. it just shows how finely tuned the game is. Like you always feel like you barely escaped. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and once you get better at it, you just turn the difficulty up and then you feel like you barely escaped again. Because eventually mm-hmm. we were playing on some pretty high difficulty because it started to get too easy. Um, mm. but then it didn't have to be easy anymore. Yeah. Wow. And, and I love, I love co-op over PVP generally. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. The fact that they could make a good online multiplayer co-op game that actually gave you tension is just like, that's an achievement. Yeah. yeah. I, I know. I, I would play with, with random people. Like if I'm not at a land, land party, like we, we would get, um, it, it also did things for communicating without have to directly com- to communicating with people like over voice, you know, like right. you were talking about Brandon being able to signal like where resources are, um, which is great because I don't want to talk to people, you know, while I'm playing a game most of the time, unless I know them. So uh, it sounds like yeah. this game is near the top of the list. Top three for me. Yeah. Yes, I'd, same. I'd put it under deadly premonition only because I don't have a good reason for that. I, <laughs> I thought I did and it did. <laughs> I don't have one. Because Left 4 Dead is a game everybody loves, and Deadly Premonition is a game we love. Wasn't this the top of another list as well, though? Deadly Premonition? No, um, was it Left 4 Dead, the top of your other, one of your most recent lists? Uh, It might have been. I don't think so. Maybe Deadly Premonition was. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a very good argument for number one, to be honest, simply on the basis that... uh, as people say, it's a game that engendered amazing co-op play. Like it was, like you really, really wanted to take part in the team, right? No matter if you were playing as yeah. a solo or not. And lots of those games that you want to play that are multiplayer co-op online or have co-op modes, it's just people just tend to do their own thing. And the AI director is still something incredible. And to me, it's it's Left 4 Dead is like a tragedy, right? Because like it's the kind of the last time that Valve did much that was interesting truly yeah. interesting and since then they've just sort of sat on a giant pile of money like a, a dragon or, or some sort of an ogre <laughs> and not done anything useful with it and i'm really really intrigued to see if um back for blood or whatever it's called can actually um you know reclaim re, re- get that same sort of feeling that game had i don't know that it can i think that the industry has kind of moved on from that type of experience but um maybe it will and uh yeah i, I think it's uh, such a fantastic franchise why don't we all play Left 4 Dead together? I would love yeah, to. Yeah, we all should. My, yeah. my only bid for putting it at number two, I, I do think that it's a much better game than Deadly Premonition, but I, I do think Deadly Premonition was a 360 game for a lot longer than Left 4 Dead. Oh, yeah. I mean, I said the argument is, I mean, it's still only a 360 game if you don't yeah. count PC. And like, right. you know, I mean, who plays games on PCs? Only uh, Frank and Chris and blah, Yeah, blah, Chris blah. and Frank, <laughs> where would you rank it? Um, I think I agree with uh, number two. Yeah. I, I agree also. If, if we're All talking right. about games that define Xbox 360, there it goes. then yeah. Our next game is one of my favorites, Lost Odyssey. Lost mm. Odyssey, yeah. So mm. that is one that Tim definitely nominated, and oh, I yeah. was initially going to specifically hate on, but then I played it again in preparation for this, and I decided that I have changed. Oh, um, wow. So Lost Odyssey is a Mistwalker RPG it's that is... Game much much maligned 
for some pretty good reasons. But I, what I realized is you have to be in a very specific mindset to play this game. You've mm-hmm. got to be relaxed. you got to have nowhere to go. you got to like have a nice beverage set behind, beside you. Because Lost Odyssey is a game where you will unlock these dream things. And these dreams are just text and a couple of still images of landscapes. And they're like 15 minutes long. Um, and it's, there's, I understand why everyone was so impatient with it at the time, because that the stuff in it doesn't have a lot of immediate relationship with the story that you're trying to do in real time. It does have a lot to do with the history of the world and who your character is, who's lived for a thousand years or whatever. And, um, but at the time that we were playing it, it really felt like stuff you had to mash through, um, at least for me and for a lot of other people. But playing it recently, I understood the that if you go with it and think about the pace of it as something very slow and kind of methodical, then mm-hmm. it's a much more interesting experience. And the battle system that I did not like at the time is it's fine now to me. It's it's pretty much you uh you have a you have a kind of a time based attack thing where you choose your attack and then when you attack an enemy you have to hold in the trigger and a a circle expands to fill another circle and if you line those two circles up properly then you get bonus attack hit it's not that interesting i found it much more annoying back in the day but um i've since played a lot more worse battle systems than that so now it doesn't really bother me do you like it do you like it better now because you're you're just in a different place in your life i think i am now able to appreciate a wider swath of experiences than i was in the past so yeah i think i think my tastes have have broadened which i'm i'm pleased about because um as as we get older our tastes do tend to narrow a little bit Mm. uh but yeah it's i think it's a well-considered game that has serious problems and it is it is kind of like a uh, whiplash kind of tonal shift between the battles which require timing and precision and these dream sequences which require you to be laid back and hanging out but if you approach the whole thing from a laid back perspective um and don't care about the timing that much because all it really does is like re- if you miss it it reduces your attack by like 10 hit points out of yeah. 150 so it doesn't really matter so if you just take a laid back approach to the whole thing it's actually quite a good game a little bit ugly but it's pretty cool I want to say uh, the characters are great. The soundtrack is filled with bangers. Uh, I don't get to rank a game on this list, but if I did, I would put it above Bullet Witch. Yeah, interesting. That's exactly probably where like I would have put it. Um, I think that like Lost Odyssey is interesting because I expected on Tim's list. I can't remember if he actually likes Blue Dragon or not. Blue Dragon he loves and Blue Lost Dragon. Odyssey, he loves it. of course. And so I'm surprised no one else, Blue Dragon didn't come up because we're already passed it alphabetically, right? Mm-hmm. I consider both Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey only interesting in respects that they represent Microsoft's doomed attempt to try and make Japanese people interested in the Xbox Series 60, which would never actually happen. I love and, those attempts. And I don't actually think, I mean, obviously Tim can argue strenuously probably would be yelling at his radio right now if he cared, um, that... These are especially strong examples of Japanese RPGs compared to all the other ones you could play in the entire totality of Japanese RPGs. I I, I think Lost Odyssey is frankly a complete snoozer. But as Brandon says, if you, I don't know, smoke of the reefer and get yourself all (laughs) chilled out, maybe Lost Odyssey is a real cool chill time. Um, I just have no interest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that Japanese RPGs on the 360 are kind of inherently interesting to me. 
mm. because they just weren't happening. And Microsoft was trying so hard to get, uh, you know, that kind of developer on there, those kinds of games, those those kinds of directors. So, you know, I, th- I might have played like five minutes of Lost Odyssey when it first came out. But um, I, I love the idea of like putting it in a respectful place on this list. Right. When I played it again, I continued from a 10 year old save, by the way. Uh, that's appropriate <laughs> to the that themes of the game, thing. actually. Yeah. So, so I'm playing it at the right pace. Just like yes, you're playing it thematically appropriately. <laughs> very relaxed, very hanging out. I played this game at a time in my life where I had absolutely nothing else going on, nowhere to, nothing to do, nowhere to be. Uh, and uh, that was just your ex- normal life then, there, Jaffe. Exactly. Ew. Where are we putting this? Um. Yeah, I'd put it round near the bullet witch zone. Um, yeah. Something in Could there. Could Bill Witch just because I think it's more in- actually more interesting than Bill Witch. You know? I would agree with that. Okay, I'm fine with it. I love Bill right. Witch, but I can't defend it. It's like me at Geo Wars. Uh, our next game is Lost Planet Extreme Condition. Oh, that's, yeah. that's the first one? That's the first one. How do you oh. lose a whole planet? Who's supposed to that? Um, I don't know. I voted for Lost Planet too. I, I voted for Lost Planet um and i think that it has more to do with like my memories of it than mm. you know the the gameplay like to me i remember it, it might have been one of my first e3s that i went to and this was when capcom was making this shift to um a more us uh western based audience they did that very um methodically and deliberately and lost planet was kind of if i remember correctly it's one of the games that was spearheading that and i yeah, remember it was seeing that it and, and dead rising base mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um i remember seeing it i remember the snow the 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 effect that uh when you're walking through the snow um and it i just remember it being a, a beautiful game and and playing it like i think it plays good too like from what i can remember i didn't load it up um you know for the sake of this podcast but it was a good game i think it's, it's just one of those um games that feels like this is like a definitive xbox 360 game so mm. i'm gonna make a pitch for it being two instead mm-hmm. and the pitch is as follows it's it's very similar to the difference between dino crisis and dino crisis 2 where mm-hmm. um the first game has many way more survival elements to it and you, you know the 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 amount of heat that you would gather um which is basically your health was much more slim it was further between points where you could get heat and, and you defeat enemies and steal their heat as well and that's kind of how you i, I don't remember what they call it therms something like that mm-hmm. um and so the first one was very uh, exacting about it and they you sort of almost got punished for exploring uh, and mm-hmm. it was a little bit but it was a bit more of an open space so you kind of wanted to explore so that was always very frustrating to me but then with two they were like what if we just made it so that you blast a bunch of uh, big monsters in different environments like stage two of uh, Lost Planet 2 is a green forest zone and your character they have this brief exchange where your character is like how is all this green stuff growing here? We're on a snow planet. And uh, your commander's like, don't ask me. And then you go shoot some uh, <laughs> shoot some weird beasties. Isn't 2 also more sort of like a Fantasy Star Online thing? Yes, very much. It is like Fantasy Star Monster Hunter-y where you get a group of four. Um, and if you don't have four people, then it's you and four AI. And uh, you're just going out and blasting blasting monsters and pirates or maybe you're a pirate i don't even remember but, uh, yeah um, you're either blasting pirates here i'd a pirate yeah one of the two. 
has such a weird franchise because that first one, as you say, is such an it's sort of an exacting kind of uh, single location type, uh, mm-hmm. your know, single uh, style type of game that that doesn't really work in my opinion. And then the second one is like a weird attempt to do Fantasy Star Online, but maybe the West were interested in it, which also failed. And the third one goes right back to being a very strongly narrative snow sort of based game that I've never actually played all the way through, but the beginning is super interesting. Um, and like, yeah, I, I I don't know what to make of that entire franchise. I don't really like Lost Planet One though. I mean, I think Lost Planet Two is quite interest was it was interesting. I wish I played it more. So are we yeah. pulling the trigger on swapping Lost Planets? I'd like to. Yeah, let's if do that's it. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting how the first one people kind of liked it, um, and but that exacting thing did um, fell a lot of people's opinions, and then people really loved two, and it had a huge community, and then with three they sort of stepped back to one, and then all the people that loved two hated three. Uh, oh, so where do we put it on the list? Oh yeah, where do we put above it? Lost um, Odyssey? Yes, I would put it. I'd put it. Uh, I don't know above Gears of War. No, that's not nah, right. Under Gears, yeah. yeah. Under Gears, above Let's put Lost the Lost Odyssey together. Yeah, put them together. Put it above Lost Odyssey. <laughs> Fair enough. The next game on this list is Mamote Naito. Heck yeah! Yay! Heck yeah! Mamote Knight. That's on both of our lists, I assume, Matthew. Absolutely. So, if anybody hasn't played this, this is a game by Ancient Yuzo Koshiro Studio, where it's like a kind of like a brawler tower defense thing where the tower that you're defending is a princess and you're just little little jerks running around uh, defeating enemies that are spawning in waves and building little barricades to protect your princess in a little zone yeah. uh, and you can be different kinds of uh, characters like for example the amazon or banshee or whatever the heck she's called who has a fl- uh, disc that circles around her body and if if you throw it and then you move it'll It'll uh, like wing back around you, so it's like a boomerang, but uh, on a magnet. And the mag and and the other pole is you, so you can just keep it swirling around for a long time. Uh, what a what a cool game to play with your pals. It's four player, right? Yeah, four player. Yeah, yeah. You, you you go on, say some more stuff. It's a it's just really fun. Um, yeah. Um, Mamoti Night is uh was later localized as Protect Me Night for the Nintendo 3DS. Um, but they it is not the, exactly the same game. I think that uh, you would be fair to call the version of the Switch almost more of a demo because it's very limited by comparison to the expansive gaming in the 3DS, but it is only available as Xbox Live Indies. So again, you're in that situation where if you own this game, you own something essentially priceless, right? And yeah. that basic game of you know you and three friends trying to protect a single princess in a sort of NES style or Famicom, obviously Famicom rather, I mean, they're the same thing, uh, inspired um, kind of top-down game. It's just one of those things where it's like the, the play feels really good. You know how to control it. All the characters feel very different, but they're fun to play as. Successive waves and different ways you can play. Even the, I think it's, I, I haven't played it in a while, but I remember only really playing basically one level in that game. So it may actually only even be like one level to succession of waves. But um, it's just a super good you know, like, you know, if you play board games a lot, you know, there's a concept of a filler game where if you haven't, you've got bored of playing Arkham Harder or whatever, you play uh, a quick round of Uno or whatever like that. It's like a great mm-hmm. filler game, right? Let's just pick it up and play it for a while. Whereas the other one in 3DS is like, I want to sit with my bros and play it for a long time. This is a good thing to pick up for 20 minutes, half an hour and move on. Great game. It's also very intense. You know, it is it is a good like palate cleanser game, but it's also, it gets difficult. And the things that are going on are there's stuff happening all over the place. And you really if if you want to coordinate with your friends, it really helps. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it, it's similar almost to Left 4 Dead in that way, where it's like a game where like coordinating is, you know, highly valued, you know, like it's not yeah. a game you can just solo, you know, like it's it's a fun thing to play with your friends. It's also pretty wild that it's a, you know, Yuzo Koshiro was involved mm-hmm. in this video game. It's a, a game by a renowned game developer and it's only on Xbox Live Indie Games. That's wild. That, yeah. That's that was, weird. To me, that kind of blew my mind at the time. I was like, I've never heard it, of it, but I've, I've Googled it now, and now I want to play it. Well, the good news is that there's a version coming for Switch, I assume, I at some that. point this year, uh, which uh, mixes up again in that the the princess will often be on like a little cart that is being moved around the level. So it's like one of those moving uh, terror defense uh, games. So we'll have different levels even from the 3DS versions. So if you have a 3DS, I highly recommend buying that game. Where does it go? Uh, this version? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> Let's put it, I would put it above Geometry Wars. Uh, would I put it above Bullet Witch? It's I mean, I'd put small. it all the way above uh, Bloody Checkers, personally. <laughs> I'd be okay with it. I guess nobody else has played it, though, but us. Um, That's right. fine. This yeah. doesn't have to be a, a you know. Okay, let's put yeah. it up there. What if we split the difference between Geometry Wars and Bloody Checkers and put it above Lost Planet? That works fine, too. Okay. That's where Momote Night goes. All right. This next game is my favorite game of all time. And if you are mean to it, I will cry. Uh, it's Nier Gestalt. Good old the Nier. I love that. So Nier. I didn't think of this one as a 360 game necessarily. So that's why I didn't even put it on my list. Well, here's why it's a 360 game, because you get to play as old man Nier instead of young guy Nier. And so yeah. that's, Good that's, point. That's, that's the real one. Um, old man Nier. Nier is great for a lot of reasons. One, the obvious one is the music. The, mm-hmm. uh, the less obvious one is if you want... Okay, this is very specific. <laughs> if you want to know an example of a, a slower-paced, animation-oriented action game that I actually do enjoy versus like Monster Hunter and Souls Likes, which I do not enjoy, then Nier is the one. I like how the combat works in that game. It's very simple, um, but... The things that enemies can do can get complex, like the uh, bullet hell type stuff. I think the bullet hell um, aspect of Nier is more interesting than it is in Nier Automata. Mm-hmm. I love that the the quests, side quests in that game feel meaningful. Like when you get uh, Popola and Devola and you do their, their quests and uh, you get them to sing yeah. by themselves at first, but, the, and, but then you get them to reunite and sing together. It's like, goodness. What a what a lovely thing. And you ju- you're just standing in a plaza listening to this song that was already cool that you heard two different versions of. And then you realize they were actually always singing two different parts of a duet. That is such a beautiful quest ending that for me, just like that alone. Yeah, it's so much better than like a piece of upgraded pants. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how good those pants are. <laughs> yeah. No comparison to upgraded pants. I like the fishing. God darn it. I fished every fish. <laughs> I like the fishing. I fished every fish. Fish every fish in that whole god darn game. Um, I like that um insert credit friend uh Chazumaru. He went and found that there were all these all these little uh characters in things in the background in the game were actually also on the cover of the game and that it was like a cipher that you could figure out what it all said. Um, mm-hmm. eventually other people figured that out, but he, he sent that to me first and was like, nobody else has talked about this. Check out this thing I figured out. And I was like, oh my God. Um, I don't know. It's, a, it's a, it's Kavya's best game in a way. I'm glad they died after that because they got to end on a high note, but yeah, yeah. it's, that's a good one. 
Nier Automata is definitely a more polished game, but I think Nier Gestalt uh, benefits for the things it le- it leaves unsaid. I don't like that much polish in a game. Um, that's why right. I don't jive with um, platinum stuff. You know, I like Automata, but but Nier Gestalt is like you play as an old man and you feel like you're playing as an old man, but a really really tough old man. And uh, I don't know, it's good. I know that a remake of this is coming out now, which I haven't bothered to to look up at all is there any little boy one so there's a sense that uh the new version will not obsolete this uh xbox 360 version that's what i would know the xbox 360 version will still be the best one when this one comes out well that's cool to know then in that case i'm all for us putting this wherever anybody wants um number one (laughs) well you're not getting to rank it jaffe so Uh, yeah i don't get to do it (laughs) brandon where do you want to put it you know it's hard it's hard because it is among the highest rated experiences that I would say that I had on that. I mean, I love the, I love the cold. Some people hated the intro, but I love the cold open of you have all these powers and you're defeating all these phantoms and things. Um, but you're in the terrible apocalypse future. And then you get zipped back to getting up to that point. Um, I don't know. Some people hated that, but to me it was like, Oh, this is a great preview, like symphony of the night style of all the powers I'm going to get. But narratively, yeah. it was also very good. Anyway, I, I'm just talking about the game again. You have a lot to say about it. You, you love it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's a real 7 out of 10 game, the same way that, like, Deadly Premonition yeah. is. And yeah. uh, it's all about the kind of stuff we celebrate here. Yeah, it's it's the one of the perfect insert credit 7 out of 10s where uh, it should be at the top of a list. Um, it's at least in the top three. I don't know if it should be number one for everybody because I don't know that Frank would put it there. Um, and Frank has no idea. So yeah, Frank doesn't know. <laughs> Chris um, is just hanging out, listening to your uh, very uh, beautifully put advocacy for for this game. So I have a hard time being more interested in it than uh, Left for Dead or Dead Rising. Yeah, um, but I think it's up around there like i'm fine with like four or three i guess okay what if we do three let's do three let's do three sure go ahead i'm comfortable with that our next game we have a uh forking path here uh we have two racing games that received two votes i'm only going to allow us to rank one of them we could do uh forza or we could do outrun online arcade oh outrun online arcade that's a hard one because Outrun online arcade it's it's not as good as coast to coast to me which i played on Mm -hmm. PS2, PS2 actually, even though the, Xbox, the original Xbox is probably the best version of it, I think. Um, yeah, and which Forza is it? Original Forza Horizon. Oh, could it be mm. Fast and Furious uh, presents Forza Horizon Two? <laughs> no, that was the one you nominated, but nobody else did. Well, I mean, I'm just saying we could split the difference, and that could be the one we, we put in. I'm overruling that if it's between that. <laughs> we can split the difference by throwing out the two games that got nominated by multiple people and only yeah, having this one. <laughs> Good try. I don't care. Yeah, I don't I don't care either. I don't I didn't play Forza, so I someone else will have to talk about it. it are other people confident in talking about Forza Horizon? Chris I mean Kraft? the only Forza I can talk about is Plastic I, I, Forza Horizon 2. I didn't. I didn't put uh, Forza on my list. I put Outrun. So okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we gotta I, go. I, I I don't even play them out. car games. So don't don't look at me. <laughs> I guess we're gonna go with Outrun then. Yeah. So this Outrun is good. It's not the best, but it is the one that you can't play anymore and is only on 360. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like where do you put a crippled, less good version of a game on a list? <laughs> I mean, it's not. I wouldn't say crippled because it it does have 
you know it has that it has that online play it's um, it's still really good it's really good it's it looks nice it does look very nice it is missing a couple of things like uh some some of the courses the difference again by doing afterburner climax instead yeah we got to get vince (laughs) on the show for that so so matthew you don't you don't like a run online because uh why again Oh, it just it just it's just not it's just not it, a 3, I mean it is a 360 game but it's like the, it has some missing features versus the the predecessors it, yeah, yeah like it just the, the the primo versions of that game were you know outrun 2 on Xbox and then outrun 2 coast to coast on PS2 or Xbox right like um either of those games are like you know number one with a bullet and practically any list that I would make but like outrun online arcade is just like it's not quite what I wanted it's like you know when somebody brings you like a <laughs> you know, a vanilla flavored birthday cake, and you're like, "But I wanted chocolate." That's how I feel about Outrun Online Arcade. But I and wanted chocolate. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> how I feel. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can see that. For for me, like, I kind of included it because it is like I, you know, I love you know its predecessors like Coast to Coast and all that, and this is as close as you could get. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I definitely like. I I think that Forza is so. I don't know. I'm I'm indifferent or maybe ambivalent towards that racing franchise, except for the Horizon games. Like those are those yeah. are great. Yeah, I mean but, Horizon but, ones, but are, ones that, are great. Yeah, but the the uh, the mainline ones that basically started their lives as aping uh, Gran Turismo. It's kind of like okay, they're really pretty and they they feel all right, but I prefer something that's that you can power drift through and feels super nice. And I think that uh outrun does that and gets that job done even though it's oh, it is the yeah. lesser yeah yeah and outrun is the more insert credit game and i do think mm-hmm. that playing it on a 360 controller feels nice it's hard yeah. to get more blue skies than outrun yeah it's like 80 percent blue sky <laughs> it's the it's the uh the vanilla cake not the chocolate but right. we're on the Xbox. Vanilla cake pretty the, good. The, the genre of cake right you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> They came from the same bakery, you know. Right. Like it's not like you're getting a Walmart cake instead right. of uh, exactly same exactly same thoughts. As but who goes I, to a good bakery and gets a vanilla cake? Come on, well, some uh, sort of a monster. <laughs> you know, it's right, like if your mom says she loves all of her children the same, but then she gets you that cake. You know, she was lying. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm a dad. I I lie like that all the time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good instinct for where this goes on the list, but where do you think? Uh, I was going to say below Bullet Witch. Below Bullet Witch, really. Well, I would only, it a little bit higher, but okay. Only because of the things uh, that I said about it being not exactly the perfect... Ver- the perfect it, it, outrun. Yeah, not the perfect outrun. But yeah. still better than the um, widely hated Geometry Wars. Riff. I mean, I would put it <laughs> below <laughs> Geometry Wars because yeah. I love Geometry Wars. So. Man, these bottom four are getting their asses kicked. Yeah, it's true. All right. Um, well, yeah, above Geometry Wars is where I put it. Oh, you know who designed uh, Geometry Wars Retro Evolved? Me. Steven Cakebread. Oh, well, there you go. Cake. Well, there you go. All Boom. Right. You wanted cake and you got bread. Our next <laughs> game is Pac-Man Championship Edition, which is not Pac-Man Championship Edition Deluxe. Yes. Yes. So who wants to talk about that? I mean, mm, I can, I guess. Like, uh... Pac-Man Championship Edition, the original one is as good as that franchise got because it comes mm-hmm. up with a very clear, good idea of how to play it and it's still challenging and it's not a bunch of bullshit as all the other ones are, which just keep layering, layering more and more shit on top. <laughs> Pac-Man Championship Edition is a bit like, you know how you want Pac-Man to be good, but actually it's quite boring, right? Like it's not that yes. interesting. And yep. then 
Miss Pac-Man actually is quite good, but it's not the best or anything. And then Championship Edition is like redesigning Pac-Man. I mean, staying very true to the original Pac-Man, even more, I would say, than the, the second one. But sort of updating it in a way when, like, if somebody would say, we've updated it, so now that it's radical and the kids will like it, you'd be like, I hate that, I don't want that. But then it turns out to be they actually came up with a really good idea to make it actually extremely fun. Like, it's just an amazing short score attack game that ultimately you can kind of master to the point where, like, you don't want to play anymore. Like, I, yeah, I'm sure people have, have far and away smashed um, all of my, like, everyone's high scores at the time they got to in the first couple of weeks that game came out. But for a couple of weeks, it was so addictive and so fun. It was like one of those perfect, like, communal experience of everyone just playing this one example of a, of a level, basically, of a game and a particular design and then just pulling it apart. And in their attempts to make that game more expansive and and, and more, um, they completely fucked it. Completely. And so, like, I would say it's just a perfect example of one small thing that's perfect of what it does. Almost like that initial release of Mamote Night, where it's just like one small thing that's fantastic and, and you're not you don't have to go any further. Mamote Night you can. This one you can't let it be what it is. Yeah. I feel like that and like I always confuse C E and C E Deluxe. Um so hopefully I'm talking about the right one. I, I love uh Championship Edition because it's more like a puzzle rather than I, I don't know th- than Pac-Man ever was, where there is like really to me, it seems like as as a player, like one optimal path they could do, and it's like a memorization. Well, that thing. actually, funny enough, is what the original Pac-Man is like. The original Pac-Man, people would set there's books of the exact yeah path yeah that's that's fair mm-hmm. together, yeah. and and if you try and play Pac-Man that way, it basically is the most tedious, disinteresting <laughs> thing ever. Whereas this basically takes what you know about Pac-Man and and almost teaches you how to play it, right? Because you learn through play what the ideal paths to go are. And that's why you can more or less master it. It makes you feel like, um, you know, you know, whoever the Billy Mitchell of the non-cheating Billy Mitchell of Pac-Man is, I don't know who that is off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel like that guy, but um, you're not that guy, right? Or that woman, there may be the best person to fight my way women, I don't know. Um, before we rank it, I'm just going to uh, take a moment to recommend that our listeners watch uh, Tim's three-hour review of Pac-Man, which includes discussion of Pac-Man Championship Edition for his thoughts of it there. Uh, for now, where should we rank this game? Um, that's a tough one. Because uh... it, it's not as good as Geometry Wars to me, but like it is... Geometry Wars obviously goes so much higher in my list. Uh, are we the only people who really have an opinion on this? Me and Chris? Yes, I played Same it a so. bit. And I, I like it. I liked how I do I like think it. that it does a good job. <laughs> I do think it does a good job teaching you how to play it and get better at it, which is cool, but I don't um, have a lot of thoughts. I mean, okay, it. so reaching for the stars here, I would put it beneath bloody checkers. Hmm. Let's do it. That's way too high for like me. Me, me. Me and Matthew are just like uh, holding hands and jumping off the cliff right now. I would, I would certainly rather play Bullet Witch myself. Um, oh boy! Uh, so let's split the difference between Bloody Checkers and Bullet Witch then. I don't know. I don't think it's better than Lost oh. Planet Two. You could. I put think it it's better Lost... than Lost Planet Two. It's definitely better than Lost if, Planet. It, yeah, definitely. Like if someone came up, I mean, me personally, someone came up to me and it's like, hey. You want to play Lost Planet 2 or Pac-Man CE? Yeah. And it's like, I'm playing Pac-Man. Pac-Man CE is debatably the best version of Pac-Man. I, I think it's 
I, I don't think it's blasphemous to put it above Lost Planet. I mean, I would rather play Lost Planet 2 than the best version of Pac-Man. Yeah, but, but you've uh... got some sort of weird Brandon Bray disease. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Frank, fine. you've okay. played a lot of Pac-Man. Do you have any opinions here? What makes you think I've played a lot of Pac-Man? Where'd that come from? <laughs> You're always talking about because Pac-Man, Frank, all of... the time. Pac-Man this, Pac-Man that. Pac-Man 2 is why. I hate Pac-Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to play Pac-Man. Okay, yeah. well, in that case, we'll rank it uh, above Bullet Witch. I'll play Pac-Man 2. Uh, you, you can put it above Lost Planet 2 since we're splitting the difference and we're, we're yeah. counting our guests as real people just for this one episode. <laughs> just <for> this <laughs> <laughs> That's just my life, yeah. Our next game is Rock Band. Rock Band, huh? I mean, yeah, I rock think band. I think that you know it. I Certainly don't a 360 know, game. I don't know that I would literally ever play this again, but um, that was a moment in time. What <laughs> moment? It was uh, it was very 360 to me, even though it was on PS3. The it was other every le- party. It, it's the other Left for Dead for me on this yeah. list. You know, it's, yeah. it's the other one. A lot of people together in a room. Yeah, and it was fun. I had a I had a good time playing it. Um, I I appreciated at the time how different players of different skill set could play together, and it felt seamless. The bad singing could be funny sometimes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I mean, it was the introduction of toy drumming on a rhythm game, um, and that was a really. I mean, I, I immediately went toward that and never looked back on the guitar. Um, you know, when I was playing it at the time, I, I think it's again, it's it's one of those things where it's hard to rank it, I think, because it is a product of its time and there's a lot of good memories of it. And there's, you know, it was uh, innovative in its day or whatever. But I don't know that I don't I don't know that any of us would like jump at the chance to play it right now. Yeah, I, 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 mean, think I, I would play with you all. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Okay, that's a really okay. good metric, right? That's actually a legitimately good metric. I, I'm in. Yeah, I'm. I'm completely in. 100%. If this group were to play Rock Band right now, who would be on what part? I think we're rotating. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I used to like the drums a lot, but I mean, it's funnily enough that like looking at the Xbox um, uh, thing made me really think I should pull out my, you know, uh, I only have a Guitar Hero guitar now, but I have a pile of Rock Band games that I haven't even opened. Like, I have, like, Rock Band Beatles and stuff lying there, and I was like, you know, there's a pandemic on I should pull these out and play them, like, because, like, you know, I have a partner, we can we can play, like, a, you know, together. Like, it just, like, it seemed like something that would be fun to do again, and it's so, that's symbolic of how long it has been, because, like, every time they tried to bring it back, people have not been that interested, but I suddenly, out of nowhere, I'm a bit like, oh, I can kind of go for that again. And I will have to say, though, I didn't put Rock Band on my list. I put Rock Band 2 simply because Rock Band 2 has Let's My Own Worst Enemy on the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right, Chris? Heck yeah. Um, that, that's my, my own worst enemy. Uh, yeah, but, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I put Rock Band on my list because basically everything that people here said, I have such good memories. And like, it wasn't just at my house. Like, my house was like the party house for like rock band and, and, you know, having some drinks and, and having people over, but I would go to other people's houses and they also have rock band. It feel, felt like everybody had rock band and it really, it really was uh, a phenomenon. And I get what Frank's saying too, though, that it is, it, it is weird to rank it because not only is it a product of its time, it, it was like a, something that was bigger than, than games as cheesy as that sounds it's it's weird yeah. to say rock band versus deadly premonition it's like well yeah. 
<laughs> it's, yeah. it's odd. So I think that it belongs on the list. I have absolutely no idea. Maybe we put it on like its own adjacent, like little <laughs> column. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's like trying to rank like we sports or something, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. well, yeah. It, it did a lot, but, uh, but where, yeah. where is it as a, as an Xbox 360 game? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it is to me an Xbox 360 game. I agree with yeah. that. Um, I just want to say that for one thing, uh, my friend Russ, legitimately learned to play the drums through mm. playing rock rock band because you actually learn the instrument doing yeah. it and he now plays the drums in an indie band because he learned on rock band so that is something that's yeah. real and another quick story is during one of the e3s uh when they were announcing one of the rock bands possibly rock band oh no it was definitely rock band beatles obviously they got george harrison's son because yeah. he was a gamer to like come out and play the guitar for a minute and and they they were seriously like here's george harrison's son like the poor guy that's, that's his, like <laughs> where, where, where did that grandson because i remember at the uh the xbox um yeah. showcase uh george not was it it was um, mccartney and ringo came out and then separately, Yoko Ono came out, and I was like, "Oh, there's still bad blood there." <laughs> <laughs> I I, re- I remember when McCartney and Ringo came out during that, and then they just like looked at the giant, uh, you know, demo of them on the screen, um, you know, as their characters in Rock Band, and they said, like, I think McCartney, like one of them said something like, uh, "I never thought that I would live to see myself be a robot or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> Ringo was just like, "Peace and love, peace and love." We are, yeah, he's already a robot. Uh, where do we where do we rank this? Yeah, it's so hard uh, to rank. Bloody checkers. Under bloody checkers. I mean, it's it's so high though. I don't. I personally don't want to play it ever again. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's more middle. I think it's more like. I think it deserves to be at number ten immovably. Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Sure. I, I like I that. Yeah, permanent ten. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't knock bloody checkers out of the top five. Yeah. Rock Band it is. Uh, our next game is Trials HD. Yes. That's good. That's a good game. <laughs> All right, where do we rank it? Was it just you and me, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I like it. You two. Just you just two. Us two? Okay. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about it, Chris? Um, no, I want to hear you. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah. I, 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 I just I had to look it up. I was like, oh, yeah, I played this. Yeah, yeah so Trials HD was an absolute... If you want to talk about Phenomenon from Xbox Live Arcade, like it was a Castle Crashers level Phenomenon. Yeah. And like the other thing is it's kind of like, you know, it's like a kick... I mean, there was games of on like... I remember as like, I think Kickstart and the C64 and an Amstrad and all that, where it's like you're just you know, using a motocross bike trying to go across like um, hills and bumps and stuff without falling off. And... The benefit of the Xbox 360 that with the selling point was that your restarts were lightning fast. Yes. So you would like fail and you would immediately start again, knowing it, what it, to do. It breaks your brain. Yeah. And the physics were super fun, but understandable and, and believable, if you know what I mean. So you would like do a thing, fuck up, go back to the beginning within the blink of an eye and try again. And so um, there's been many trials games since this, but for some reason I have played none of them. This is the <laughs> only one I played and I played it so friggin' much. So I understand why like it sold such a huge amount of copies. Um, I I would funnily enough to be saying like Brandon like I wouldn't go back to play Rock Band ever again. I can't think to myself to my I'm like oh I'm itching to play a Trials game. But that mm-hmm. again that window of time on the Xbox 260 I really enjoyed Trials. I just I don't know if I'll go back. Yeah, everything that you just said plus um, the physics like were at the same time 
super satisfying. Like, like if you, if you get those two wheels to just smoothly go down a ramp after a big jump, it just, uh, gives you such a feeling of reward. Um, and the physics are also challenging and mostly it was hilarious all the time. Like you, like the way that your, uh, your biker would just fly off or he would just kind of, there was like a button, I think it was a Y that you would hold down. Um, well, I think you could eject him whenever you wanted to. And you could also hold on to something. So you have this ragdoll just like hanging at the top of, you know, a ramp and then you let it go. And then he falls onto like a whole bunch of explosive drums and then he just gets launched, you know, somewhere else. So there's that kind of emergent gameplay and, uh, you know, and hilarity ensues. But it's like super challenging and the leaderboards are a lot of fun. It's, uh, it, it's skill and luck in uh, the perfect amounts balancing each other out. I love it. And it's totally an Xbox 360 game. Yeah. Oh, is, yeah. Uh, is anyone going to be surprised that I don't like this game at all? No, Absolutely. I am very surprised. Everyone's shocked. <laughs> this this game was for me, um, I think it was the first, because it came out before Lost Planet, right? Um, no, I think this was, uh, after, no? I think. No, yeah, okay. pretty yeah. sure. All right. Well, it was then one of the games that got me to wonder, why why do people like making like doing game design inside of a game so much i mm. it feels so much like work to me that I, it was it was boggling my mind it, it was just one of the many times where i had to remember like okay not everything's made for you <laughs> 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 sometimes they make things for other people and just let them have it so that's that's my feeling about trials it's just just let them have it i think red links originally comes from a pc background and it doesn't surprise me that they they partnered up with Microsoft on this. It does have that kind of it's it's not the same kind of of polish necessarily. I, it's hard to describe. Like it feels like a, a PC game that you're playing with a controller. Rank. Um, yeah, uh, man, I had something to say. <laughs> it's fine. We're out of time. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I would rank this not actually that high to be honest. I would rank this like below Geometry Wars. Cool with me. Yeah, I, I agree that it's below Geometry Wars. Yeah. All right. We have one game left to rank. And that game is Vidiot Game. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Nice. I'm amazed that I didn't have to uh, be mean to Vanquish. I played it last <laughs> night for, for two hours. That's to, surprising. Uh, it's a PS3 game to me. Really? Oh, okay. that's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, Vidiot I had, Game. I, had, I did have Vanquish on, on my list, uh, but that's okay. Vidiot Game is, is uh, what an experience. That is another Xbox Live Indie game where mm-hmm. um, it's, it's sort of a bit of a mini game festival but it just it corrupts itself not really but within the game things just keep getting weirder and weirder it's like part choose your own adventure part platformer um part runner part whatever else but as you keep making choices and getting through the game and unlocking things the game just visually and sonically appears to tear itself apart and just become something else and it feels like even though there isn't really that much to it frankly it feels like there's an infinite well of possibility in there almost because there's so much uh so much mystery almost almost frog fractions like in that it just you wonder where where the well of possibility ends that's how i felt about it anyway um also when i played it again recently it has uh, some tones that make my dog shriek at the television <laughs> um he really you really cannot. Uh, one of the worst things about the 360 is you can't just plug headphones into the controller and and have the sound go through there. 
It's really unfortunate. Not a so, dog-friendly console. Not a dog-friendly console at all. I didn't actually put this on my list. Um, I put oh, it really? in my list of um, potential things that I maybe add. I added different, some different Xbox Live indie games. The one thing I want to say about video game is that unlike most Xbox Live indie games, it's available on Steam and for free. So if anyone listening to this wants to play a video game, you can do it more or less I'm immediately. I'm looking at it right now on a Steam page. Oh, nice. It's like, what? Um, so, and yeah, I mean, I, th- I everything Brandon said... It's a super weird experience that uh, is pretty singular in its experience, and it's well worth the 10 minutes or whatever you will play it for, so knock yourself out. Yeah. Where do you want to rank it? It, it can go low. Um, pretty low, I would because, say. Like, it's it's really, like, it's a cool experience, but is it one of, does it need to be at all these things? I, I haven't played it, but is it, is, I, know, I know that. On their list, then. If, I could if, put it below Bongayo. Uh, did two people put it on there? Um, or was it just me? I counted Matthew's mention of it as a nomination. Oh, nice. Okay, sure. Uh, okay. Well, it, I, I think we could put it above Castle Crashers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be <laughs> there. Sure. They hate it for Castle Crashers. I don't hate it. I just, uh, it, I like, keep, keep in mind, we're still talking about the tw- top 20 out of hundreds right. of games. So being number 20 is still good. That's still Now, good. here's the thing. We have just finished ranking our 20 games. If any of you want to put in a game substitute that we haven't named yet, Castle Crashers will probably be the one that goes out. Um, can we each nominate hmm. one? And then yes, collectively that, that's decide? That's the idea. Each of you nominates one. But you also have to decide which game that replaces. Yeah, I'm 90% sure that I have one that people will be able to agree on, um, but I'm not sure if I should use I'm, my I'm thing I'm pulling here. up my original list to see. Uh... The one that I would like to replace, and uh, I and there will be arguments against it, I would like to put Ridge Racer 6 in, in place of OutRun. Mm, sure. Yeah. Because Ridge, Ridge Racer yeah. 6 is Xbox 360 exclusive, um, yeah. and while Ridge Racer 7 is a lot of people said it was basically the same game. Six has that um, it has that announcer who's really um, amusing slash annoying who I really like. Uh, it's got it's very blue skies. It introduces the nitrous. So really, I think I think that one that's a good one. Is the um, announcer the same as Ridge Racer Five or PS Two? I don't remember. No, I but I don't think so. Oh, because I, I, I just like how that guy goes. Whoa, this is a little too close for a comfort. Oh yeah, maybe it is the same guy. <laughs> it's probably the same guy. I will say um, that I only played the worst Ridge Racer, which was the Ridge Racer for I think the PSP, and I still really liked it. So Ridge Racer rules. Well, I mean, Jaffe, the worst Ridge Racer is the one for PS Vita. The right. one for PSP is actually superb, particularly Ridge Racers Two, only available in Europe. That All one right. is extremely fucking great. Like I just uh, got that one in the mail. Yeah, the Vita one might be the one I played. Yeah, then. the Vita one sucks, but uh, it's like I mean. Not to talk too much of Ridge Racer 6, but it is a tragedy that that uh, series does not exist in any meaningful way nowadays, because uh, I would very much like to play a uh, modern Ridge Racer. I'd be totally right. happy putting Ridge Racer 6 on there. In All place right, of it's Outrun. on there in place of OutRun. Uh, do, I need to, do we need to change where it is in yeah, the position? Yeah, do we need to re-rank it now? Um, uh, no, I'm fine where it is. Nah. Yeah, I guess it's okay there. Anyone else want to use their one substitution? I don't know that I do. The game that I would do would be fallout new vegas but yeah. the thought of ever playing that on a 360 again is ridiculous yeah it's um, miserable yeah. i played that on a ps3 and it is a miserable uh yeah what's so bad about it i well i was i was playing it on a series x um 
but, yeah, that's well, the resolution, the frame rate, the yeah, the, the, how many, how often it chugs. Yeah, the yeah, bugs, the, the yeah, chugs. all the bugs that are fixed the bugs and the by. Chugs. The, I mean, all the bugs that got fixed by uh, you know fan patches these days on the PC. Like it, it there's you can't go back. It's ridiculous. It's, it's interesting because I thought maybe Frank you would pitch Bar- Batman Arkham Asylum. Um, I mean, I, I think of that as a PC game also. Interesting. <laughs> I almost put Arkham Asylum on mine. Um, um, I can't think of the Batman Arkham games as confined to any one console. It's yeah. just so, eclipses that entire generation. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, really like Arkham Asylum. Yeah, but better than most of the games on this list. But I can't think of it as a 360-ish game. I don't know why. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I did, I did, I put it on my list. I'm not making my pitch, my pitch though. I'd think of it as one, but only because that's where I played it. It was simultaneous release on PS3. So you know where I played it? PC. No. Um, well, technically, maybe uh, I played that on on live. Oh, nice! Oh, right. nice! Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's that was one stuff. of the games. I think that I played it a little bit too with all the uh, artifacts and uh, the PS3 and everything. version had uh, these exclusive like Joker levels that you could play. Only Joker fired it. Well, uh, you so, can you can patch them into the PC yeah. game, so even that's fair uh, enough. Not worth your time. All right, uh, Matthew, Chris, you got games you want to patch in here? I'm kind of surprised Fez didn't make it on. Yeah, um, I I looked at it. Um, to me, that was almost a a, a Vita game. Uh, Fez. Fez. Oh, is, is am I thinking of? Uh, yeah. Wait, that no, was way yeah. later then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know. I was playing it on on that. Uh, yeah, it came out on Vita two years later. Okay. <laughs> yep. I had stuff like that didn't make it, like Spelunky HD. That's oh man, Lo- not a- love Derek. You do not love Spelunky. That would have been a yeah, rough sell. I, I, know, me. I know that I'm kind of out of my my yeah. element here. Well, uh, for me, that was that's a Vita game to me because I beat it this year on Vita. So uh, uh, well, it came out two years later. I think it's kind of telling that Braid didn't make the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's true. It did not. It's one uh, one one thing that we can all agree on that shouldn't be here uh matthew you got one yeah i do i'm gonna make a pitch and i had quite a different list from this and i think i have to go with my countrymen i have to go and i have to say crackdown babies let's let's get get crackdown into this list because um you know people didn't like crackdown 3 very much people didn't like crackdown 2 very much but crackdown 1 that's a good time i thought about putting it on here but i would have felt insincere because i i had played a little bit of it but I just didn't super get into it, but I know there's a lot of of love for it. I mean, what game yeah. would it replace? It would. You could just knock Castle Crashers off, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's it's, fine. It's, Dang, it's, <laughs> that was one of Frank's two games. I don't know. I, I, we should probably keep Frank. Castle Crashers on there. Yeah, let's keep let's keep Castle Crashers. It feels weird to not have Castle Crashers on yeah. like the list of twenty. Xbox then let's not Bangayo out. Then, like, yeah, I would. Not yeah, yeah let's knock out Bangayo. Oh, poor treasure. I know. So close. I just... It's not the real Bangayo. Yeah, it yeah. just isn't, right? I mean, the real Bangayo right. is the one on Dreamcast. True. Buy a Dreamcast, you know? like um, Right. Um, I oh. had a bunch of other... Just to be just to mention as well, just just because I don't think any of these necessarily deserve on a list, but I, I listed loads of Xbox Live Indie games, which are, really, which are interesting. Right. I listed Cursed Loot, Escape Goat, Soulcaster 1 and 2, Quith... Pearl, um, I did write video game. I also did um, Tempura of the Dead, which is really interesting to me because 
that's a game from a Japanese developer who went on to make a uh, Aban and the 1001 Spikes, I think it was called. Yeah. And you would have assumed that it would have been re-released somewhere because it's kind of a goofy NES style um, platform game where you um, play um, a takeoff of Obama and a samurai killing um, zombies. And the gimmick is that you have to juggle their heads so they turn into pieces of tempura. Really fun, really simple. Um, and I'm surprised yeah. it just didn't get uh, I released will say- anywhere else. I will say that the two lists with the most similarities were Brandon and Matthews. What? Intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a lot of Xbox Live indie games on there, too. Like I had Hidden in Plain Sight, um, which is super good. Matthew, did you play that one? Uh, I don't think I played that one. I don't have uh, it anyway. Hidden in Plain Sight is it's it's um, it's like Spy Party, um, but many, many years ago. And it works. It works super well. It's really nice. Um, just all kinds of eight player mini games that you instantly understand how to play and which are very compelling and it and none of for none of them does it matter that um you can all see each other there's there's one where it's like there are a bunch of ai characters that move at certain intervals but you don't know exactly what intervals those are one of you is a human that is supposed to be um that is trying to be an ai character and the rest of you are trying to find which one that one person is and you aren't told that you all have to figure out who you are right at the beginning when everyone is moving around it's it's like it's so smart and so well done that game well i have some fantastic news for everyone uh that game is available for xbox one for six dollars people should get that game it's good uh so i think that's gonna do it for our xbox 360 list we will post the full list on our patreon and on forums.insertcredit.com. I want to take a moment to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon. We recorded this episode (laughs) to uh, celebrate getting 360 patrons. And now as we record this, we're well over 400. So we really appreciate all your support. Now Uh, now we have to do the Xbox 400. I hate that system. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) no, uh, now is when I'm going to announce our next milestone. When we hit 500 patrons, should that arrive, we are going to rank the 20 best video game consoles. And uh, that should be a good time. On live. You do a (laughs) color at the top of the list, baby. Uh, This is usually where we take recommendations, but we just recommended 20 plus games to everybody. So we're going to move on from that. I'm just going to say that I can recommend that if you're listening to iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or any platform where you can subscribe to a review podcast that you do that for us. Uh, you could also go to patreon.com slash insert credit, as I just mentioned, where you can get access to episodes one day early and regular bonus episodes one and other early. exclusive content one day early, such as the full list we compiled and maybe even the individual top game lists submitted to me for the show. Oh, yeah. You can also hang out with us on forums.insertcredit.com, where I'm sure a lot of debate will be had about this list, and follow us on Twitter for our own personal updates and projects. The show is at Insert Credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe, spelled with one E. Frank is at Frank Cifaldi, spelled with a C. Brandon is at Necrosofty, spelled with a Y. Matthew is at Matthew Kumar, spelled with one T. And Chris Graft is at Chris Graff, spelled with a K. This show is produced by Esper Quinn, with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm Chris Graft. And I'm Matthew Kumar. And your game has now been saved. Hello, everybody.
this is highly unusual, but I had to put in some supplemental material here because I realized that, at least in my opinion, we made an egregious error by not talking about Earth Defense Force 2017. And I have Matthew Kumar back with me to um, offer a counterpoint about maybe why it shouldn't be in there. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I have to say, I personally was quite surprised that didn't come I- come up either, right? Because on we had four people, right? And Tim making a list. And the fact that EDF 2017 didn't show up on two lists, it's quite a shock, to be honest, but it yes. did not show up on mine. Yeah. So it was on mine. And I, I understand that it's it's not on yours because of the the lack of pale wing. And well, some... it's kind of the same as why I argue so strenuously against um, Outrun Online Arcade being in the list, right? Which is like, what's the point in playing a version it's not actually quite as good as a version on another system, right? Like, yeah. So I guess the, re- the where I'm coming from, obviously, Earth Defense Force, one of the greatest game series of all time, um, blowing up buildings and hearing people scream EDF while they have nonsense conversations about, I'm going to go home and make some hamburger. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it's just unbeatable. But, so the reason why I think EDF 2017 should probably be on the list is because, first of all, it's the first ever English language version of EDF. Secondly, well, yeah. that's not true, right? Like, isn't um, Global Defense Force uh, released in Europe only the first English version of an EDF? I thought they only did the tactics game. Um, maybe we'll have to go to the tapes on that. But yeah, okay, you might be right. I but mean, it's... I do. I own an English copy of of uh, okay. Global Defense Force. Oh, so then you're right. So I. So yeah. Okay. And that um... is the superior EDF too, which um, has more interesting levels, I think. Okay, well, I buy that. And I guess the other, but the other thing I was thinking is that it was for six years Xbox 360 exclusive. So if we're talking about um, before it came to Vita and got Pale Wing added and things like that. So if if we were living in Xbox 360 times, would it be the best, one of the best Xbox 360 games? And I think still maybe, like, even though it doesn't have Pale Wing, you unlock missiles a lot faster than in a lot of the other games and stuff. It, it does get supplanted by the Vita one. So I guess I see your point. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree about the whole missiles thing because um, the last EDF, I have to admit, that I put a lot of time into is 4.1. And it takes mm-hmm. so friggin' long to get a good weapon in that game. Like, it's, yeah. it's miserable for a really long period of time. And even once you have a, partic- a better weapon, like, it's still sort of tuned a wee bit too hard to make that actually fun. So, um yeah. And I didn't finish uh, EDF 2017 until I beat it on um, on, Vita. on Vita, and I did beat it with both characters. And you know, it's still a fun time with uh, just the normal trooper. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's just the thing that made the Vita version so good is you could just like, and I know like pull out your Vita and your friends pull out their Vitas is an insane thing to say. But at one <laughs> point, that was sort of true in our circle of friends. So yeah. You could actually just play EDF 2017 with each other. Very fun, and I still have a hope. One day that I'll, you know, be able to play through EDF two Invaders from Space on Vita um, sometime when a bunch of people have their Vitas with them for some obscure reason. Um, so it was just so much easier to get a game going um, on the Vita that, like, to me, that's like primo Vita game compared to a primo Xbox game. But I do understand that if you're on a desert island and you wanted to kill bugs and you only were allowed to bring an Xbox 360 because you traveled back in time to be stuck on a desert island. Maybe it deserves to be on the list. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that EDF five is the newest one that is made by Sandlot. Um, I didn't even play the other one that was made by Ukes or whatever. But um, 
EDF5, you should definitely play that one. It's got a lot of nonsense in it, but it also takes forever to get a good weapon. Like trying to get the Cascade missile is is just, I've almost beaten the game and I still don't have Cascade. Um, and that's like my favorite weapon in the game. I really don't understand why they do, why they've done that with like the, the PS4, uh, PS4 and yeah. uh, 4 and 5. Like it's like, what if it was actually quite, mi- like, it takes so long. Like, the whole point of the game is to knock buildings down. And that's, like, the first thing you can do right. in EDF2 or EDF2017, right? And then, like, in 4.1, it's like, well, you're just playing a game where you shoot bugs? Like, is it... I mean, I don't understand that. Like, did they learn some sort of weird wrong lesson from the American one got, they got made or, or what? I, I, I just don't know. Yeah, for some reason, they they decided that making it a slog that takes, like, 50 hours is is the good way to go. It's, it's pretty odd. Um, but anyway... Earth Defense Force 2017, I guess maybe it doesn't need to be on the list, but I'm going to make the executive proposal that uh, that this is is now the top 20 Xbox 360 games and EDF 2017. So it's a top... <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I would say if you were going to bounce up to 21, I'm totally okay with that, just sneaking in on the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking about. So, you know... I mean, um, I would still knock Castle Crashers off, but I mean, considering... <laughs> As people said, that was only one of only two Frank uh, things that got on the list. Uh, yeah. Somehow, reason that's got been grandfathered in, so there's nothing that can be done. I'm afraid. Yeah. It's it's down there. It, maybe maybe EDF 2017 is to the side. It's just to the just to the right of the list or something like that. Since well, I've, uh, here's what it is. It's 20.17. There we go. 20.17 <laughs> exactly. 20.17 okay. games and EDF counts for uh, 0.17. There we go. We did it. Excellent. 